Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new Tuesday Night Titans. Indeed, it is, ladies and gentlemen, 169 episodes strong. Indeed, 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 it is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I'm, I'm really excited. I really, really love this. Night, I just Tuesday nights are, are is uh, one of the perks of my day, one of the perks of my week, and uh, unfortunately I'm not feeling the best today, but I got my tea and my studio table here, and I'm ready to go. We're gonna have some fun. Uh, number one contender for the uh, WAW tr- World Trivia Championship is tonight, so we are going to have some fun. Of course, we have weekly wrestling talk, and we are going to talk about, for the Flavor Week, we're going to talk about, uh, in honor of uh, Nature Boy Buddy Landale, who unfortunately just passed away this uh, this week uh, from a uh, from a reported car accident. Unfortunately, it's just so sad. He was only 53 years old, too. Such a young cat. And, um, yeah, just really, really tough to, to really... See these things, and and you know Dusty Rhodes, and 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 now uh, Buddy Lindell, and just just really tough to to see. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Buddy Lindell later on and throughout the show. And in honor of uh, Buddy Lindell, uh, one of the major titles that he held was the NWA National Heavyweight Championship, and we're going to talk about just the prestige of that title back in the 80s and other defunct titles um, that was during the 
reign of the NWA and the WCW, and I believe that this is going to be a two-part series. I think we're going to talk about this this week and next week because there's so many titles to talk about and so much lineage to talk about. Uh, of course, we have the uh, you know things like the European Championship and the six-man championship, the U.S. We talked about the U.S. Uh, tag team championship already. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Just all the defunct titles. Um, the television championship uh, was defunct uh, right before, um, you know, during WCW's days. Uh, it, it had some life to it, and, you know, and then it became, it sizzled out and fizzled out uh, just uh, before WCW ended. So there's a lot of titles to talk about that we are going to talk about, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So today we're going to talk about the NWA National Heavyweight Championship, and uh, we're also going to talk about the WCW World Six-Man Championship, time permitting. And just as you know, as a sign of respect, uh, before we get started, we are going to give a moment of silence for the nature boy Buddy Landell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Raw is coming up. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling. On Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And indeed, the pancakes and pie. Ooh, nice. I absolutely love it, love it, love it already. Nice picture. If anyone who's listening, there's a lot of people listening throughout many. Uh, Throughout many channels of social media, through uh, the, uh, of course, the WAWNation.com live stream, and then, uh, of course, subscribing on iTunes, um, and then, of course, uh, through Blog Talk Radio, and, of course, on Facebook as well, uh, many and on, and on Twitter as well. So many, many different channels of listening to the show. But I would encourage everyone who's not listening uh, through the WAWNation.com to come on through uh, with the live chat. Uh, I'm telling you, the memes and the pictures that they show is very uh, wrestling connoisseur, wrestling expert. I love it. They have a picture right now uh, of the NWA National Heavyweight Championship um, that Buddy Lindell wore. Uh, in the mid-80s, and so, yeah, I was uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Great, 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 great. Uh, get on them vitamins, Mr. Featherstone, is what it's, yeah, you know what, you know what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, one of the reasons why, <clears throat> well, my wife actually gave me <laughs> um, this uh, this sickness this time, it's been, uh, I have two little boys, and it's been going around the, uh, the, the the house uh you know my boys are in daycare they're uh almost 3 years old and and uh my youngest will be 5 months and 3 days and uh yeah just you know that's that's the one good thing about kids is they 
they get a pretty good immune system, but they uh, they care of pass some things around in the household. So only thing this is doing is just sharpening my immune system. It usually starts with a sore throat, and that's what I have now, just sore throat, and your body starts aching, and that's, that's where I'm at right now. So I'm, I got some tea with some halls in it, and uh, I'll be good to go. So I appreciate uh, I definitely appreciate your um, your your caring your care and concern, and uh, I, I greatly greatly appreciate it. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's go into um, yeah. I got two boys and not catching what they got is impossible. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Great, great comment right there. Uh, first, nice trivia championship trophy. I like it. It's awesome. Good stuff. All right, let's start with the trivia then. The USWA was a merger of what two promotions? The USWA was a merger of what two promotions? And with that, we're going to get started into Raw. Derek, how you feeling tonight? Hey, I'm feeling great, Chris. How you feeling? That sounds like you're not feeling uh, that great. <laughs> no, not that great. <laughs> not that great. Well, doggone. One thing I have to say, pancakes and power slams, ladies and gentlemen. And if I was watching the We Are Wrestling Net and the chat room was on fire a half hour before we even came on the air. And, I mean, that's Absolutely. mind-boggling to me. I want to give a special props to uh, the Prince Baylor. He's got this awesome Goldberg meme on the uh, pancakes and power slams you know, chat room right now. It's amazing. I love that. Goldberg is walking through there. Time for Goldberg's pancakes and power slam. Ladies Absolutely. and gentlemen, this is where you need to be tonight. On every Tuesday and night, every... this is Pancakes and Power Slams. we got a lot of talk about. Hats off, my heart's out to Landell. I mean, that's another shame. I mean, we just lost Dusty Rhodes not even a week and a half ago, and already we lost another guy. I crying out loud, people. This is where to be. Pancakes and Power Slams, chat rooms live. Chris Featherstone is here. I'm here. we got... All kinds of robotussing going through here in the Pancakes and Power Slam studio. I'm feeling all right myself. Don't give it to me, Chris. If you do, there's going to be a Power Slam around here that maybe just knocked the sickness out of you. How about that? <laughs> I will take any challenge, and uh, and I will take it by storm. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Great, great interaction going on. We are wrestling WAWNation.com. Really cool picture of Kenny Omega. Um, <clears throat> just a random picture of Kenny Omega. I, I don't know the, the, the point of Kenny Omega being on the, the, the thread right now, but uh, it's a really cool picture. Uh, <laughs> but uh, And great job. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, the Continental Wrestling Associate. Well, um let me see. I don't know if I don't know because because the Continental was like kind of like a a combination um, uh, federation, just the Memphis territory because it was. Yeah, it was it was because it was Jared. It, it was it was because Jared had a lot to do with it. So <clears throat> yeah, it was um, the CWA, uh, the Continental Wrestling um, uh, Association, um, Continental Wrestling Association with uh, with Jerry Jarrett and 
of course, the Von Erichs, uh, namely Fritz Von Erich with the WCCW or WCWA, World Class Wrestling Association, the WC, WCCW, and it eventually became uh, WCWA uh, when they were doing their promotions. Because back, back then, back in the territory days, you know, it's it was just a doggy dog world with uh you know Blanchard with you know Joe Blanchard and uh Fritz von Erich, Jerry Jared, you know just the of course Vern Gagne. I know I'm missing um a territory or two um if I'm yeah cuz uh um Mike Graham, uh, Eddie Graham with Florida territory. So yeah, a lot of territories back in the day mostly uh, southern territories, um, and then of course you had the eastern territory with uh, Vince Senior uh, and uh, the kind of uh, northern, you know, northeast or, or more like a, a, a mid territory up in uh, the uh, AWAs in Minnesota with uh, Ganyan in the mid south with uh, uh, with the Mid-South with the Watts, with Bill Watts, and then Mid-Atlantic with uh, uh, Crockett. And so, yeah, some, some awesome uh, territories at the time. And so it was, it, it, yeah, great great question. How was watching wrestling on TV like back in the territory days? Sounds interesting. Uh, the Two Sweet by AJ Styles uh, for the, um, <laughs> um, for the Bullet Club. But yeah, uh, it was great. It was also I grew up watching wrestling in the '80s. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and I tell you what, I would I would definitely suggest that those who, you know, didn't grow up watching wrestling in the '80s watch tapes. I mean, one of the best assets of man right now is is YouTube. I absolutely love uh, YouTube. I watch, you know, I, back in the day, I, I do remember watching World Class in the 80s. Uh, I've said many times I've been a, I was a huge NWA fan. Um, so those were uh, territories in the 80s that I remember watching. I remember watching Global Wrestling Federation in the 90s. And, of course, also watched AWA on ESPN in the, in the uh, 80s. Uh, in, in the early, early 90s, and so it was absolutely amazing. But, yeah, I mean, all of that is on YouTube. I, I would, you know, a lot of times, I've said many times before, I didn't, I mean, I knew about Lance Russell and, and Dave Brown, and I knew about, you know, some gimmicks, uh, when the, the Master Blaster and Master of Pain when Mark Calloway, of course, The Undertaker was, and it was it was awesome to see that. And of course, I knew that... Uh, uh, Dutch Mantel and, and and Bill Dundee was real big in the Memphis territory, and of course, without saying, and Jerry Lawler, uh, and then Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett, and yeah, it was it was great to see, and yeah, I just got refreshed this this past uh, I would say this past few months, I've been watching hours and hours of tape of uh, the CWA, and just. It was it's just something about the old school wrestling feel that is just absolutely amazing to me. I just I don't know, probably because and and Derek you share the same kind of you you share the same, you know, tradition 
passion that I have as far as old school wrestling. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just I've been watching CWA. Uh, footage from YouTube, hours and hours, years, uh, from 85 to 89, I've been watching uh, years, hours upon hours um, with uh, CWA, and that was so funny, my schedule is so hectic, I have a full-time job, uh, I work at a corporate office, and I'm in my uh, PhD program right now, uh, about, about to be, uh, going to become a doctor in a couple of years, and uh, I do ministry work, and I most importantly, I have a <clears throat> beautiful wife and, and two uh, incredibly handsome boys. And out of all of that, and I work out a lot, a whole lot, and I'm also a certified personal trainer. And it's so funny, I always find time to watch uh, CWA and wrestling episodes. I usually do it in the gym. <laughs> I usually do it. People usually listen to music while they're doing cardio I'm looking at CWA usually when I'm doing cardio. Now, when I'm hitting weights, which is when I'm hitting weights, it's it's cardio for sure. I mean, it's it's, it's music for sure. But uh, I do about a half an hour cardio, um, at least a half an hour cardio every time, you know. And usually during that time, I'm watching CWA <laughs> or or something. The network, WWE Network, CWA, um, something to that nature. So. Um, and an old, awesome old school Teddy Long picture. So <laughs> good stuff. Awesome, good stuff. Hall Times is missing an episode of Pancakes and Pussy. Mr. Hank Hill, once again, uh, he has the Mem of the Week. And that might be another uh, feature coming up here. The Mem of the Week. Hall Times is missing an episode of Pancakes and Power Slams. And he's absolutely right. All right, next question. Who were the members of the Fabulous Ones? Who were the members of the Fabulous Ones? All right, let's get to Raw. We got Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman doing an in-ring promo. Um, You know, it's so funny. When I, when I thought about this, when I saw this, I was thinking like, okay, so <clears throat> Paul Heyman, he's absolutely gold on the mic. And... Uh, just absolutely gold on the mic. And but the thing is though, I just do I just don't want Heyman or Lesnar to be baby faces. I mean, Lesnar he's been a successful baby face before. I liked when Lesnar was a baby face, but he but Heyman was with uh show at the time and it kind of worked uh with show but Lesnar as a babyface was good was good stuff, but just I mean there's something about Paul Heyman's promos that reeks villain and miscreants and heel you know and it's it's like it's slimy and just it's just real you know <laughs> it's sleazy you know and and it's and it's it's one of those things that that Heyman just personifies and he does so 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 well and I absolutely love when he does it. And so it's like, you know, he he knows how to pull the people behind him, but you know, his to me his brashness is more uh his character than just, you know, cutting a promo and 
and then you get the smart reaction of positivity because it's because it's a gold promo. I'd rather for him just to cut a promo as a heel. You know, when he did the Undertaker promos, people just really wanted to just knock him out, and that's that's what I like about about Heyman. So this transition of Lesnar going into a babyface, you know, he's over, of course. But uh, you know, just just Heyman's promos as a heel was so much more better, so so much better to me. I mean, his promos are heel is awesome. And the thing with anything with Brock Lesnar, you can always hang your hat on. I know that Brock Lesnar is going to bring this to the table as much as Paul Heyman. But Lesnar being a, a baby face, I mean, the people are behind him no matter what. I mean, it's almost a guarantee. The guy's such a legend, legendary humanoid. And with Paul Heyman especially just being there, it's almost it's a give and take. You're going to take whatever this guy has to offer. He's got a lot to offer. He's going to make it's interesting for wrestling. This is like the Brock Lesnar era of WWE because, I mean, he's the only one that's really making a big impact. Yeah, you've got Rollins, and that's great, Ambrose, Roman Reigns, but still, it's Brock Lesnar. And so he's the one, he's the staple right now. Him coming out, period, is going to make Raw maybe a degree better than what it would be if he wasn't there. So you, yeah. you can't mistake what's going to happen with it, but doggone it, you, you love to see him. He makes it interesting. Battlegrounds going to be great, and then you're not going to see him for a while. But after that, I mean, the Brock Lesnar thing, he, the guy right now cannot do any wrong. He is the absolute golden boy. He is. I, I absolutely agree. He is the money maker right now. That's the reason why he has so many demands, and that's why his demands are met. And that's the reason why he has Jimmy Johns on the back of his shirt. And no, Jimmy Johns did not pay me to say that, and I still did it. So that one's for free. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's he's right. You're right, man. I mean that's yeah, absolutely. It's he's he's money. He's absolute money, and you know he's going to be money because you know what? Something I one one thing I really really liked. I mean I, I liked Heyman's pod. I think Heyman was the best podcast that Austin had on the network, uh, bar none, because you had Vince, who was reportedly upset about the podcast because Austin got him out of kayfabe, you know, which is good. You know, people don't want to watch uh, kayfabe-heavy podcasts like, unfortunately, the Jericho podcasts were with uh, Cena and Stephanie. And they just, they want to see, you know, some, they want to see some controversy. You know, just like Eric Bischoff says, controversy creates cash, and he's absolutely correct. And it was it was awesome. You know, it was awesome that, that Austin was really trying to, to to squeeze some 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 uh, some shoot out of them, and, and you know it was it was good stuff. I was a big fan of it. And Heyman, you know, Heyman has a similar mindset of Austin as far as you know. I have my Heyman hustle. You know, I have other endeavors that you know. This really isn't my only outlet. You know, 
And once you have that type of mentality, like all of my stock is not in the WWE, you're more privy to go off the script. And that's what I absolutely loved about Austin and Heyman's promo. And what what was even better about it was that Vince McMahon did not know that they were going to do their little, you know, teaser at the end. And that's amazing to me. You know, I'm not a big fan of, you know, I'm not trying to to promote defiance or, or being rebellious here, but... This is pro wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is what exactly what John Cena said, right? John Cena said that you're supposed to go off the script a little bit and and kind of play into that and just be bold and do those things. Now he's probably eating his own words because Vince McMahon did not like you know Lesnar and Heyman doing that, but Heyman's just I mean, it was Austin and Heyman doing that. You know, but I was a big fan of it. I was a huge fan of it because it got everybody buzzing. It got everybody, you know, talking about the show. It was absolutely amazing to to experience, and it was just all out fun. It was all out enjoyable to watch, and so that's the reason why I'm such a big fan of Paul Heyman. Um, so it was it was it was awesome. Uh, next we have. <clears throat> Next we have uh, Kane defeating Dean Ambrose. I mean, it made sense, you know, giving Dean Ambrose a little bit of uh, underdog pop there and, and Rollins, you know, trying to get the authority back. I just wasn't a big, to be honest with you, I wasn't a big fan of, of this Raw altogether because, you know, the the Raw was built on Rollins joining the authority and the authority has really been his Achilles heels in a way. It really has. It really, really has because you. Ha- it's it's unfair because Rollins is such an amazing talent, but his his heel character is not really molding and shaping the way that it should be. I was never a fan of him turning heel. I always said Ambrose should have been the guy, but you know I try to give Rollins a chance of being a heel, but. Like I said, the authorities is his Achilles heel because Triple H is getting more over than Rollins and J&J Security and Kane and everybody else. He's not really, as a standalone heel, it's not working because we saw that the, the times that he said, I don't need the authority, it was just weird, it was flat, it just really didn't didn't work out that much. And so... We're seeing that. We're, we're seeing that with with Rollins and just this whole thing being built around the authority wasn't very intriguing at all. By the way, Steve Kern and Stan Lane are the members of the Fabulous Ones. I hope someone's keeping count right now. Next question is, who were the members of the Slaughterhouse Faction in NWA? Who were the members of the Slaughterhouse Faction in the NWA? So, yeah, your boy Dean Ambrose loses to Kane, uh, distracted by Seth Rollins. I mean, you know, what's next for Ambrose? So what's next for Ambrose? I mean, Ambrose is going to be fine. It's almost like what's next for Rollins. I mean, the fact that he's going to go up against Brock Lesnar. It's almost like a rinse and repeat of what we saw with RKO Randy Orton. He's a, He was a big uh, authority figure. 
we're behind you. We're going to get this. You're going to get this. He falls flat. He turns face. But now he's nothing. Is that what's going to happen to Rollins? Is that Rollins' fate? He is authority heavy right now. But, again, you see the cracks in it. And, yeah, oh, we're all together again. We're fine. We're friends. I love you guys. I know you're looking out for me. It's, it's obviously so, I hate to say the word scripted. But, I mean, that's the way it is. But that's what wrestling yeah. is. It's a story. So, but what's that going to do for after Seth Rollins, after Battleground, after our pay-per-view of July, where's uh, Seth Rollins going to be? He cannot legitimately beat Brock Lesnar. That's just not that's out of the picture. As far as I'm concerned, without J&J Security being there, and again, he's, a, you know, he's an authority figure that they're going to push. Same thing they did with RKO. See, and that's the thing. See, that's the thing. With with Orton, though, and you're right, but even with Orton, though, he was was a a flat face. He was a flat baby face for a while before he turned heel. And the the turn was, um, was awesome. It was perfectly timed. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. He had a Money in the Bank contract. He turned heel with the help of someone who was also a babyface. So it was it wasn't necessarily a double turn as we know the the lingo of a double turn is, but essentially it was a double turn because all three of them were babyfaces, Daniel Bryan, Triple H and Randy Orton and John Cena, all four of them were babyfaces and by the end of the night only two of them were. So after Daniel Bryan and John Cena fought, Triple H was the baby. He was a babyface at the time. He, you know, was the anti Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was was passe, and that's the reason why they did the, you know, the all the the Occupy Raw and and Vince McMahon, you know, being fired by the board and so forth. Triple H was like the new guy, was like the new face, and people were buying into that. And when he turned heel, it worked because it was something different. It was, I think, it was like six or so, six or seven years before he was a, uh, you know, heel before uh, he turned a couple of years ago, and it worked. And then, you know, uh, it was a pretty long span with Orton being a baby face too. So him turning was great too and cashing it at SummerSlam. It was great. It was absolutely great. But with Rollins though, see the difference between Rollins and Orton is Orton, you know, he molded and he created an uh, an identity. Rollins was automatically thrust into a heel role without creating an identity for himself. He turned heel and went straight to the authority. I mean, that that he was the future and all this, but at the end of the day, it was still an authority angle. It was still a let's, you know, even a, a lot with a lot into initially into his heel role. It was like triple. It was still revolving around Triple H and Stephanie, and so he he, he finally kind of emerged from that but still there's still a lock on him you know there's still there's still a rain on him so to speak um that just can't be 
detached at this point because he's already in too deep of being an authority guy. So he needs to break away from it. I, I'm, I'm really going to like this baby face turn because I think he has the ability to be, you know, to have like Jeff Hardy 2.0 pops, and I think it'll work. I definitely think it'll work, and I hope, hopefully, it does. Uh, and I, and I think it has a really good chance of working. Next, we have Sheamus versus Roman Reigns. Uh, and I agree, turn Ambrose heel. I, I, I totally agree. And the slaughterhouse was Cactus Jack, Buzz Sawyer, and Kevin Sullivan. Great job. Um, good stuff. Great, great job. I love smart wrestling fans. I absolutely love smart wrestling fans because you have people who just watch wrestling and don't know their history and they they make just offhand comments that just doesn't make sense. And then you have smart wrestling fans that know their history and appreciate and have passion in the business, you know, from the beginning. And I absolutely love conversing with those people. Sheamus versus Roman Reigns. I liked this. The the crowd wasn't necessarily in this match as much as they should have. But I see I see money in this match. I absolutely see money in this match. I think that they're brawling, you know, um they both were just no nonsense, hard hitting brawlers. I like that. I really want this match to main event like a uh a SummerSlam or a or a Royal Rumble or a Survivor series. I want this match to be a main event of that because Roman Reigns is increasing his arsenal and being having you know he's Roman Reigns is starting to create an Undertaker type of arsenal you know very ground and pound uh, very spotty moves you know Undertaker Undertaker was notorious for having spotty moves like the like the old school. And uh, the the the, uh, the the back elbow and the uh, Irish whip to the uh, the big boots and things like that. He very spotty moves, and Roman Reigns is having is having spotty moves as well. Uh, and that can actually improve someone's cadence in the ring because it can really help with timing too. If you're still if you keep doing spots just all the time everywhere you get first of all you get worn out and second of all it doesn't it doesn't really tell a story you know and and if you tell if you look at the the history of wrestlers that were the best ever they knew how to tell stories and i've said this before hogan was never a <laughs> hogan's not even in the top 1000 of best wrestlers but hogan is the the best character, the best wrestler, not from a technical standpoint, but the best wrestler ever in the, in, in the business. Not because he was a good wrestler, because he told a story. People brought people bought into the ba- the brand. Same with the you know people like The Rock. The Rock is not known for being a good wrestler at all, but he knew how to tell a story. Undertaker has a good hybrid of of story to psychology and storytelling. Uh, and wrestling, but the Undertaker's not one of the greatest wrestlers. Uh, so, so you have all these people. Dusty Rhodes, you know, he was Dusty Rhodes was certainly not a great wrestler by any stretch, 
but he knew how to he knew how to land a bionic elbow to save his life and everybody in the crowd was sold completely on a bionic elbow that would have some jiggling and shaking and and boogie woogie and at the end of the day it's an elbow so he knew how to tell a story so you you, you got see these these high flying Wrestlers is great. It's great to see. It's amazing. I, I'm a, uh, Neville is amazing. You know, Evan Bourne is amazing. I even like. I think I like the fact that he's no longer in the WWE because he's actually making you know making steam in ROH as Matt Sydal again. But it's like like speaking of Matt Sydal, ACH is another person. Awesome, awesome, awesome in the ring. Kofi Kingston is another one. You know, but if you got if you if you if your wrestling career, John Morrison is another person. You know, the reason why he couldn't become a big main eventer because he the same philosophy. You know, you got all these spots, but you're not telling these stories, and so you know that's that's why you that's why the the Hogans and the uh, and the Undertakers and the Andres and the Dusty Roads of this, you know. Generation and generation before us, they're on the Mount Rushmore. You know, not, not these people who do most of their, you know, wrestling with spots. So, it you know, it's 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 tough. It's it's tough to 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 realize that, but it's absolutely true. So, um, what, what do you what do you think about that, Derek? Well, honestly, for me, I mean, Roman Reigns right now, you think about it three, four months ago, Roman Reigns expected himself to be a lot farther than what he is today, to go up against Sheamus for the Intercontinental title. But again, it's almost shaping Roman Reigns to be okay, maybe next year, maybe sometime soon, but it's kind of disappointing to see a Roman Reigns like that. And uh, for Sheamus, I mean, that's great for him. I'm happy because... This can be a great feud. I mean, both of the guys can go. They can put on a good story. Like you were explaining, the story is everything you need. Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes couldn't wrestle a dime, but they could tell, tell a story that would just absolutely make you engulf into what they're telling and just yes. totally get behind it. I loved it. It was so spectacular. Absolutely. And people will literally cry in the people literally cry in the in the in the aisle. Like people would cry, fans would cry when like people would win. Like when Dusty won, you know, the World Championship, the NWA Championship. You know, I remember, you know, firsthand Ron Simmons. You know, when he beat Vader, one that was one of my all-time favorite moments in wrestling history. The crowd went bananas and there were people out in the crowd crying because they were so engulfed in the story neither Ron Simmons nor Vader were anything close to great wrestlers but they told a story in the ring the underdog the African American underdog of Ron Simmons you know can he do it no one's ever done this no one's ever been at this type of plateau and you know he, he he the biggest hurdle that he has is a 
you know, 450-pound Mastodon and Vader, who was just, you know, beating everybody's butt at the, at the time and, and just running roughshod in the WCW. But it took, you know, it, it was a it was a power slam. It was a uh, it, it was a, a very uh, titillating three count, and the crowd erupted. It was absolutely amazing. And so those spots and those stories is, you know, you're never going to lose that essence in, in wrestling, and we never should. We never should lose that type of essence uh, in wrestling. I, I know it's a new day. Um, you know, it, it's a new era. But at the end of the day, wrestling is still, especially all these people in the uh, We Are Wrestling live stream, they should really understand what I'm talking about. Um, just as far as at the end of the day, wrestling is still about telling stories. It's still about, you know, hero versus villain. You know, it's still about telling stories. Yeah, we have it wrapped in a different box, but it's still the same substance inside. Next we have, uh, next we have Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and then as far as you know, just the Bray Wyatt teasing Roman Reigns. I, you know what? I was very, very apprehensive of this feud. Very apprehensive of this feud. But if you're going to do the feud, do it like they're doing now. Because I, because I was really apprehensive. Because Bray's over. You know, Bray still has that smarky, you know, fan cheer. But I think this is a very, very good way of make both making both of both of them relevant. I was, I was really just. I, I was really leery of what they're going to do to make this feud actually relevant to to make both of them important, and I and I like it a lot actually. I, I think it's very creative that they're kind of bringing that realness with Roman Reigns' daughter, and then seeing the I'm a little teapot, and it's going into the Father's Day. You know, the, we saw the Father's Day you know, um, promotions and things like that. It's, I, I like it a lot. It's it's a good way to make Roman Reigns even more, you know, um, even more evolved in the fans' eyes. This whole year just seems like they've just caught an audible on Roman Reigns altogether. After, after the Royal Rumble, it just really seemed like they would have called an audible. I think if... I think if the fans would have cheered Roman Reigns, we probably wouldn't be seeing this this type of uh, um, this type of trail that he's going this whole year. And kudos to the fans about that. You know, kudos to the fans on that. That you know, this hey, this is not organic. You know, the, this is the same thing as that you did with Cena. Like you're you're not going to pass. You're not going to pull this one over our eyes because you did it to John Cena and it didn't work. Why would we support Roman Reigns? And I agree with that. I like it. I like that type of reaction. That it's not organic. You know, I'm, I, I've been a Roman Reigns apologist for a long time, but I, I do agree with this is a much better path to build Roman Reigns than just thrusting him uh, in the main event like they did. So I, I, I like what I'm seeing with just the audible that they called with Roman Reigns, and I think his feud with Bray Wyatt and the way that they're doing is going to help him too. I kind of like Wyatt Poppins that he's doing with the uh, superstars. As of lately, it, it, 
kind of keeps him relevant. Maybe that's his thing. Maybe he just kind of pops in, throws a clothesline, knocks you out. But he starts a major feud that still keeps him relevant as far as and Roman Reigns. He doesn't have the whole much going on for him. Yeah, like we mentioned earlier with the Sheamus. Yeah, that's going to go so far, but really Sheamus isn't anything that Roman Reigns really has to concern himself with. But with the Bray Wyatt, still keeping him creepy. It keeps him with this uh, suspenseful thing that we almost had with The Undertaker years ago. So I'm happy with it. I think it's going to do all right. And I'm uh, pretty pleased with how uh, they're booking you know, Bray Wyatt. And just keep him mysterious. Keep him weird. Uh, that's all he's got going for himself for the most part. Yeah. And again, Reigns doesn't have a whole lot so far. So, But uh, Reigns is another guy that, I mean, honestly, he's he's going to get nothing but better. Especially with this feud. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, Cat Zach, Buzz Sawyer. Who played the fake Undertaker character? Who played the fake Undertaker character? Great question being asked at the uh, We Are Wrestling live stream. What title win? Re- what title win recently besides Daniel Bryan counts as a special moment like Dusty Rhodes and and Ron Simmons? I actually was going to write an article in Bleach Reporter Bleach Report about that uh, a while ago. I actually had a list of them. Uh, the only thing is, I <laughs> I just write article topics all the time and I lose them, <laughs> and so I I don't and, I, and then I find them and then I lose them again. And so it'll be found again somewhere <laughs> underneath something, I don't know, in some file. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking about that, and I thought about I thought about a few. I definitely remember, I definitely can say that Eddie Guerrero's win over Brock Lesnar is one of them when he won the title. Um, I can definitely say that Sting, when he beat Ric Flair at Great American Bash 1990, that was another moment. That was another huge moment. When Ricky Steamboat won uh, the title uh, against Ric Flair in 89, that was another big moment. So there was uh, there was a few, and I call them feel-good moments, uh, the feel-good championship, you know, title wins. Those are the few, those are a few I can think of right now. And, of course, you know, anybody can think of any, any else uh, feel free to comment, but yeah, that, that's uh, that, that, that's definitely the the two that I can think of. Uh, notably, as far as uh, and in, and then Chris Jericho, when Chris Jericho beat uh, Triple H on Raw, uh, he he got the title, he got that title win, uh, you know, taken back, but unfortunately, but uh, yeah, when when Jericho beats Triple H on on Raw. Uh, I believe that was 2000, I believe it was. Was that 2000? Uh, someone, you know, please feel free to, um, you know, uh, verify or deny that or reject that uh, answer and give me a correct one. But I think it was 2000. I think it was a Raw in 2000 when Chris Jericho won the championship for, I don't know, an hour or so. <laughs> so, Yep, 2000. Good job. Thank you very much. Thank you for that uh, confirmation there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Punk at Money in the Bank. Um, no, 
I don't think so. I think I think it was uh it wasn't like the the feel good moment, like there's no way that this person's gonna win. You know, like that that was like you are the ultimate underdog. And you know, Punk and Money in the Bank was you know, was the definitely a win that erupted the crowd. Um but it wasn't like you know the proverbial David versus Goliath, so to speak. Uh, when Ric Flair beat Vader, at, I think it was Starcade '93, if I'm not mistaken. That was another moment. Flair beating Vader. Um, uh, feel free to feel free to confirm that too. I think it was Starcade '93 when uh, Flair beat Vader for the uh, WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, Mankind's uh, Mankind's WWE uh, Championship. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. It's definitely definitely one. All right, so the next uh, uh, Mysterio and Raw, I think Mysterio at Mania was more of a more of a shocker than Mysterio and Raw. I think I think uh, I like the Mysterio reference, but yeah, I would certainly say Mysterio at Mania. The only thing about that though is that a lot of people criticize that because um, the, because of Eddie Guerrero's passing. You know the the year before in in, in two thousand five. So, uh, who was known as? Oh, okay. So wait a minute. Uh, fake Undertaker character. Still don't have any fake Undertaker um, responses yet. Correct. It was ninety three. Thank you. Thank you very much. Flair and race. Yeah, uh, I think I I think I agree with that. Um, Oh, I, I totally. Bret Hart beating Ric Flair was good. Yeah, I I can definitely agree with that because you're right because Bret Hart was just kind of he was almost fresh out of his um, singles run. It was 92, I believe, and uh, yeah, so it was good. It, he was well, he wasn't necessarily he wasn't fresh out of his singles run. He was fresh out of his main event run because he was he had a classic against uh, Kurt Hennig. At uh, SummerSlam, um, was that ninety-one, Derek? That he, they went uh, against each other for the Intercontinental Championship. Was that SummerSlam ninety-one? Ninety-one against or, Miss Perfect. Ninety-two was against Bulldog. Was was against uh, yeah against Bulldog exactly. Yep. All right. Next we have um, Neville defeating Kofi Kingston. Now this this is what I, I don't like this at all. I mean you know there's no. I like Neville. He's an amazing hand, but there's no, there's nothing attached to him right now. As far as the the new day, I mean, this is what I don't like. It's like I wonder if the WWE uh, Buckeyes versus Alabama Sugar Bowl 2015 uh, non wrestling, yes, but but uh, that was amazing. Uh, but that's uh, another time. Speaking of that, there's uh, a little over two months before Buckeye football. Oh, I am so excited about that. Yeah, but, yeah I yeah, that's uh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so it's like Kofi Kingston in the new day. I, I kind of think that you know this. I hope this isn't the the the, the cynicism that I have a lot with with pro wrestling, but. There's a part of me, there's a cynical part of me that believes that 
the WWE kind of dampers something that's not their creation when it comes to a storyline. Because the New Day being over like they were was totally a fan reaction. I mean, post that 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 post raw after WrestleMania is what made the new day uh because I still liked them I still had faith in them even before you know the turn uh and the new day sucks uh chance started uh the 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 raw after mania and that's what really made them shine that raw after mania because they became more of an organic heel faction which was absolutely amazing. Now I'm wondering, first of all, they shouldn't have lost the titles. I mean, you know, I like the primetime players, but they don't have enough steam to just automatically almost, you know, within a, you know, two or three months or of getting back together and winning the title. They need to build, 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 build. The money's in the burn. The money's in the build. And so it's like they shouldn't have won the titles because the new day was white hot. I mean, they and just the, the the chance. They're absolutely an amazing organic heel stable that was money, money, money. And they lost. Not only did they lose the tag team championships at Money in the Bank, they've been losing for the past two weeks. So why in the world would you have a rematch between New Day and primetime players and both Xavier Woods on SmackDown and Kofi Kingston lose to Neville out of anybody? And then they had a six-man match last week, and the New Day lost. So that's a horrible way. I mean, that that is just a steam. It's like someone just blew the steam completely away from the new day and say here now you do it yourselves that's callous to me i can't stand it you're you're just you're taking the money away from from a stable that was white hot and you're just diminishing it you're you're putting a damper on such an amazing organic heel stable and i i just don't like it at all i don't i don't like that decision one bit I don't like it, and I haven't liked it. It's almost like Kevin Owens took the steam away from Neville. Because Neville was somebody that came in, popped in, everybody was just infatuated with him, fascinated by what this guy could do. And then Kevin Owens comes in, and almost like when you think of NXT, Neville's an afterthought. And uh, with the New Day, I'm just still they're still relevant. I mean, the primetime players, that was a fluke. That shouldn't have happened. It did. I don't know why. I don't know if anybody could really explain why it was a good idea. But with uh, Kofi Kingston, I mean, the guy's always been a gem. And whether they book him that way or not. And the thing with the New Day, I mean, they are an absolute awesome stable. I mean, they will be for a while, for a long time. I want to say that. And it's they're just kind of jumbling around. They don't really know what to do with these people. And as but again, with Neville, he's kind of an afterthought again. And you got Kevin Owens right there. And New Day with the primetime players, I don't really think this is going to put a big hinder on the New Day. It was a dumb idea to take the belts away from them. 
They'll get it back yep. individually. They're still taking care of them. WWE's taking care of the New Day. And, I mean, they're nourishing the fact. They know what this is going to be with them. At least I hope so. I mean, it seems like they can. But, yeah, they make dumb decisions in the meantime, and that's just the smart of me coming out. <laughs> yeah. Who was known as the games master? Who was known as the games master? And I, I totally agree with, with the quote here. Um, getting over organically is a no-no for Vince McMahon. That's absolutely uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, real quick, um, uh, we had a mention here on the live stream. Uh, how I, you know, just just some thoughts about uh, the Tokyo event uh, on July fourth. Uh, now, <laughs> now the Fourth of July, I'll probably, I, you know, uh, any day of July. Well, I, I can't, I can't say that all the time because my my son is, is five months and and uh, yeah, he gets up a lot and wants wants a bottle or, or just some comfort. So I, I can't say, but I won't set my alarm clock. I will enjoy the sleep. Of my son being asleep uh, <laughs> for July fourth. Saying all that to say, I will not be up at five thirty in the morning watching the uh, Tokyo special. I will watch on the network because I know that it'll be replayed because you know every show is archived. So I will I'll be watching the archived uh, show a few hours later, but I'm not going to watch uh, you know. 5:30 in the morning. I think it was. I think Wrestle Kingdom was like that too. I think it came on like two in the morning or something like that. And yeah, just the the the, the Japan, you know, in the United States time, is so off. You know, it's so distant that yeah, 5:30. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a little bit too much for me. But more more importantly, though, I think it's going to be great. This is really the, and this is an interesting concept, because I thought about this a day or two ago. This is an interesting concept, because this is the first ever hybrid uh, WWE NXT show. And it's going to be really awesome. You know, since you know NXT became really an entity of its own, this is the first hybrid WWE NXT show, because there's WWE uh, matches, of course, you know, when the headliners is going to be uh, Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston, but uh, but you also have for the NXT title Finn Balor versus uh, Kevin Owens, and so yeah, I mean this is an interesting concept. I'm, I'm going to see how it feels, and I think that they may have more specials like this, more uh, more of a hybrid WWE NXT. But here's the thing, though: do not intermingle WWE NXT. Because you don't want to dilute the distinction of NXT. I've said this before. Don't dilute the distinction of NXT. Uh, you don't want to do that because it's it's so good on its own. And if you get a little bit of WWE flavor on there, that's just the wrong flavor for NXT. So keep it alone, but do showcase NXT the best that you can. Uh, in a WWE event, so I think it's I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a very very good uh, uh, card, and I'm just really interesting to see if 
you know Brock Lesnar is really going to squash Kofi, or if Kofi is going to get a little bit on Brock Lesnar, I really don't think Kofi is going to has a chance of of doing anything really. Um, but I definitely, um, I, I I definitely think Finn Balor is going to going to win this one. Uh, Finn Balor is currently my um. As far as active wrestlers, I would probably say Finn Balor is number one. Number one or number two for me as far as favorite active wrestlers. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's there's no ceiling for this guy. And every time, and I've been to two live NXT events so far, and every time I see, and of course I watch NXT every week, uh, but Balor's not on there every week, but the times that he's on there, I always envision, especially when I went to the NXT um, uh, event earlier this year, I went a couple of weeks ago, but especially when I went earlier this year, uh, the, the setup was different last time than this time. There was a big pillar and a big. It was televised, so it was a, it was the setup was different. The lighting was different, and I envisioned Finn Balor uh, taking his entrance to WrestleMania. And I, oh my goodness! First of all, I would have it in a dome. So uh, so next year there'll be in Arlington. So. You know, whoever's listening, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that yeah, it is that that stadium is is a dome, so you you can work with lighting a lot better in a domed stadium compared to outside when they were in San Jose. I think one of the reasons why 31 wasn't as uh, intriguing as it should have been is because a lot of those matches were in the light, and it was just horrible. Like the Sting Triple H match. It should have been in the dark because Sting's entrance was all, was so lackluster because it was light outside still. Uh, uh, Bray Wyatt and Taker's entrance it was still you know slightly light outside. It was, that was horrible. And so in thirty with thirty two, you know when there's going to be uh, in the uh, Dallas uh, Fort Worth uh, Arlington uh, area. Uh, yeah, I think because the the lighting is going to be a lot better because they're going to be in a dome, uh, it's going to be awesome. Just the thrill and the, and the theater, the, the animation, so to speak, and the theatrics of it is going to be so amazing. And just Finn Balor's entrance at WrestleMania is going to be captivating. And so I see, yeah, I just see so much in, in Balor, and it's going to be awesome. So... Uh, the games master Kevin Sullivan, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Next we have King Barrett defeating Zack Ryder. Um, yeah, I mean at least at least Zack Ryder's get you know teaming up with Mojo Rawley uh, in NXT and people love it. You know he, they're very over. Um, I like the team. It's a it's a uh, it's a cool type of team, you know, which is interesting. And so, yeah, uh, I think I do think Ryder's, you know, if he's going to be on the WWE main roster, he's going to lose. And Barrett needs every win that he can get right now because he's he's 
he's not in a good he's not in a good position right now, even winning the King of the Ring. Neither one of them are in a good position. I mean, that's, it's a shame because King Barrett, going back to bad news, Barrett, and that's great. It's something that was there. Zack Ryder is pretty much an afterthought. I mean, there's not so much they're going to do with these guys. I mean, honestly, Raw last night was almost it was a D plus. Is what I want to give it. I mean, Ryder makes a comeback. He takes Barrett down with a big clothesline. But again, after that, it was just pretty much solemn. Nothing happened. Bear rolled to the floor. Fans do. Again, nobody cares too much about these guys anymore. And that's a shame because both of them have so much to give. Bad news, Barrett needs to just dump the king of the ring stick that he's been doing, which I think he's on the way to do. Go back to being bad news, Barrett. That was fun. Everybody liked it. He came out to the podium. I've got a bit of bad news. I liked it. A lot of people did. These guys have something to show. they got some form that they can add to Monday Night Raw, but it just hasn't been done from their standpoint yet. So keep these guys relevant. Yeah. But they're mid-guard nothing, as of we speak right now. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very good. Next question, how long was Smoky Mountain Wrestling in business, and what were the years? How long was Smoky Mountain Wrestling in business, and what were the years? Next, we have John Cena entering promo, accepting Kevin Owens' challenge for Battleground. This is the reason why I think Balor is going to win the NXT Championship. And just Balor winning in Japan, I mean, you know, when he was Prince Devitt, uh, in Japan, I mean, he, him, and, and Carl Anderson, or you know, were the creators of the Bullet Club. So, you know, he, he's so popular, you know, in, in New Japan, um, and so notable. So he's, you know, the place are, the place is going to erupt, you know, for for Balor, and his entrance is going to be pretty awesome, and yeah, it's, it's going to be great. And so I'm really looking forward to it, uh, and yeah, it's just it just makes sense for Balor to win at the Tokyo Dome. First of all, it was supposed to be a house show, uh, and then, you know, they made it, it, because they're pushing live specials so much because they want to please the the stockholders uh, and all the the, the sponsors and and all the, you know, getting all the new subs, um, you know, it makes sense. I'm not opposed to it at all. Uh, I think it's I think it's a good idea of creating these house shows into live events and even pay per views because the Corpus Christi uh, show was originally supposed to be a house show. So, and then they made it you know Elimination Chamber, and that was actually a, a, a really good pay per view. So yeah, it, it you know it's, it's cool. I like it. I like the idea of doing things like that. And uh, this should be uh, good in Japan. And I think uh, Finn Balor winning in Japan is uh, quite... Uh, I like it. I, I think it's going to be a good idea. And I think uh, it's, a, it's a good way to... It's a good way to get the belt off of, of, of uh, Kevin Owens and to con- they actually concentrate on the... 
U.S. championship because it just really wouldn't make any sense, especially since John Cena has already said something about, you know, vying for the NXT championship. It, it wouldn't make much sense for Owen still to have the NXT championship come, you know, uh, you know, the battleground pay per view. So, yeah, him him dropping the title to make it sound more and you know and a lot better uh to to make the thrill of it just being for the US title I think it would be a lot better if if Owens drops the NXT championship in Tokyo. Someone's got to drop the championship in Tokyo. I mean they're so pumping this show so much. Yeah. Almost makes me wish, like you said, you can't get up at five thirty in the morning. I probably could, but do I really want to? But uh, for crying out loud, I mean, this is WWE. This is almost a turning point for WWE. And in Tokyo, I'm pretty sure they're going to make a lot of people believers in WWE. Hopefully that gets more subscriptions out to the network. I love the network. I'm pretty sure you love the network. Are they in Japan yet? I'm not too sure if they are or not. No. They're still expanding. Last time I read, they're still expanding. They're in the U.K. and... Few other mm-hmm. European countries, but they're still trying to make their mark. Yep. Uh, four years, nineteen ninety-one and ninety-five. Uh, absolutely, good, good job, good job, good job. Um, <laughs> interesting uh, comment. Do you think that they'll chant Devitt? Um, no. Um, uh, you know what I've watched? Uh, I watch New Japan on Access TV. I have it. Uh, I watch it weekly now since it's uh, offered in the states, and um, I've watched many, a many, a many, a many, a many um, footage of uh, New Japan and All Japan, and just Japanese commentary is absolutely amazing. It's it's. Uh, I just I just watched a clip today actually of uh, AJ Styles uh, coming to New Japan. I was listening to a shoot interview that he had recently, and I, like I told, uh, I think it was I forgot who I think it was like uh, I think it was Eli Drake or somebody I, I told that we were interviewing recently that I just li- I just listen to shoot interviews all the time, um, and. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. No, I think it was a, a fellow um, radio show host that I was uh, talking to for for a while, a couple of hours, and we was just uh, just kind of giving each other uh, encouraging pointers and and just really uh, um, just really encouraging each other, um, just because uh, we're two of the only uh, long-standing pro wrestling podcasts, other than. You know all these wrestling podcasts that come out. You know the Pancakes of Power Slam show is um, nearly three and a half years old now. So that's absolutely amazing. It's older than any of my kids. So that's uh, my wife and I was actually uh, we're actually talking about that recently about how much I love this show and how much it just keeps it just perks my week. I just love it. I have such an, a busy schedule. Like I said, I'm about to become a doctor, so all the research that I have to do uh, having this show uh is, is absolutely amazing. And we were talking about that. And I was just talking about one of the things that really helps me as a journalist is listening to shoot interviews all the time. And uh, a lot of people know that I'm 
an avid Christian and just a lot of the language that uh <laughs> that I that uh I hear is is comical and I just you know kind of uh eat the meat and spit out the bones so to speak especially when I listen to Corn- uh Jim Cornette promos uh uh Jim Cornette shoot interviews but I was listening to an AJ Styles uh shoot interview and he was just he was just talking about Dixie Carter and how Dixie was the person that was behind him leaving you know they just really couldn't negotiate anything and I end up watching uh the time that he when he came to New Japan and when he joined the Bullet Club and um turned on um Kujika uh um Okada the rainmaker and uh yeah it was when he turned when he took his uh, jacket off he took his you know, when he took his jacket off he had a, a Bullet Club uh uh, shirt on and just a comment, bullet club. It was just awesome. Just, just and this, you know, one of the, I don't know if anybody ever watches American Ninja Warrior uh, or Ninja Warrior, uh, and then now it's become American Ninja Warrior. But Ninja Warrior commentaries just the same the same way, you know, jumping spider. You know, just Japan commentary is absolutely amazing, and so uh, it, it was in, it was it was very very awesome. Uh, to to experience that, um, so yeah, it, it's I don't know what they're going to chant, but it's going to be fun. Uh, Tokyo is going to be very very fun, and ladies and gentlemen, we have a Hulk Hogan mem. What you're going to do, brother, when P and P runs wild on you? And then, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Bella Twins. I'm sorry to be a buzzkill, but the Bella Twins defeating Naomi and Tamina. <laughs> we were just talking about the awesomeness of Japan and Finn Balor and how he's going to win the NXT Championship. A great Hulk Hogan pancakes and power slams meme. And then we talk about the Bella Twins defeating Naomi and Tamina. Ah, uh, man. This is just so sad. It, it just really is. Just all this crap. It, it's just ridiculousness. This this divas division that we're seeing. And now we have a- Alicia Fox on Team Bella. Please, please explain this to me, Derek. I don't want to explain anything to you for the fact that this is P and P now with the T and T. As of late, but we are PNP now. So we don't have to ruin that with talking about the Bella Twins. Everyone knows about the Diva Division. I mean, it's the same garbage every week, every week. PNP. I mean, we've got our own thing. We are wrestling. Go to this link right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please. I mean, the the chat room is blowing up. This is what we are talking about, wrestling. And again, you don't want to ruin it with the... Talking about the divas, don't. Yeah, because that's exactly. not relevant now. What's relevant <laughs> is the PNP. This is what we are: pancakes and power slams, ladies and gentlemen. This is the greatest thing going Tuesday night right now. We are wrestling. You got to get on this. You got to get in the chat room because we've got nothing Absolutely. but great stuff going on. And uh, we we tell the truth. This is what you know, Chris Featherstone is. Pull your leg and tell you. Wrestling is sweet because it's sweet and sour. 
It's got his it stuff. Is. It's not, his, not so great stuff, but he tells you what's going on. So, I mean, hopefully that was a great pickup from talking about the Divas. It wasn't a total bust last night because we got to see the Brock Lesnar and that was kind of a bad thing for Brock Lesnar last night. We still have battle round to come up. We've got a lot. We've got, what, 17 more minutes. I mean, just yeah, crunch time. we got to get the best out of this. We, we are wrestling. Uh, chat. <laughs> You're you're with us right now. We're going to bleed this out and make it the best 15 minutes ever. Ever. Uh, thank you for posting the pick out there. Um, yeah, go ahead and uh, check that out on the stream uh, where AJ Styles uh, turns, well, yeah, he becomes a heel and um, joins the... The Bullet Club turns on Okada and vies for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which he, which he won. He basically just came in and won the IWGP uh, Championship, and it worked because it, it, you know, him, you know, being the face of the Bullet Club was a a great idea, and I think uh, he's a he's a great he's he's a great face and member. Of the Bullet Club, and I, you know, TNA really helped him with that. Just the uh, no one gimmick when he when he did that, and had that uh, that really awesome theme song that uh, really fit him very very good. Um, that really helped him just really do a complete overhaul in his character, and uh, that helped him a lot with uh, this Bullet Club run. So kudos to you know. Although there's a lot of a lot of bad things to say about TNA, that was good. Just overhauling AJ Styles' character like that. Ryback defeating Mark Henry. You know, Ryback is growing for sure. Ziggler defeating Adam Rose. Uh, I mean, listen, if, if the rumors are true, if Ziggler leaving and there's even talking about Ziggler. Joining, you know, going to TNA, that would be a total bust. And I don't think Ziggler would fit too well into ROH. Uh, possibly Lucha Underground, but you know, just get a get get a get rid of the show offness, all that. Nah, you know, get rid of all that. But ROH, not so much. Lucha Underground, possibly. Uh, I suppose if he keeps that type of character, TNA would really only be the <laughs> the only alternative as far as TV is concerned, unless he wants to go to Japan, but still really wouldn't work out as far as that character is concerned. Yeah, and him and Adam, you know, the match between him and Adam Rose was, uh, I mean, it was just really a sign of, are they really making the decision to get, you know, to kind of, you know, give Ziggler the boot on the way out, you know, because this, first of all, the Adam Rose and, and Rosa Mendez pairing is ridiculous, especially when we saw on ESPN NXT on how, you know, of, of how his, you know, he's doing everything for his wife and his kid and his wife is so behind him and, and backing him and supporting him. But he comes out and tongues Rosa Mendez every week. So, 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. There's absolutely no there, there, there's no upswing. There, there's there's nothing. There's there's no positive about a Adam Rose and Rosa Mendez pairing. It's just ridiculous. I don't like Ziggler and Lana. It's just those are those are four of the most irrelevant people in the WWE to me right now. Oh, they're absolutely horrible. I was so disgusted by seeing that. I mean, it was the fact that he was on a ESPN 60. I was feeling sorry for him. And, I mean, this guy's got to get his life up together. He's got it together. He wants to do the best for his family. And then he's out there his tongue and what's her face. And I crying out loud. I mean, it's just nothing that has any relevance to do with Monday Night Raw or wrestling, period. I mean, Adam Rose is somebody I could respect and absolutely get behind. He's lost his little click that he has, the Rosebuds. But I'm still not interested in him. I still just no. could really care less. I mean, that's, that's too bad to say. It's not that great. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's absolutely true, though. Uh, next question, who did Bill Goldberg give credit uh, who has Bill Goldberg given credit to train him as a wrestler? Who has Bill Goldberg given credit to for training him as a wrestler? All right, Rollins talks to Kane and J&J. Brock Lesnar appears, takes out the authority. Uh, then he goes for Rollins. The authority comes back to swerve. The authority helps you know, uh, Rollins, they end up jumping Kane, and Kane, uh, excuse me, they end up jump, jumping Lesnar, and Lesnar for the very first time uh, in a long, long time, I think the last time he showed some vulnerability was uh, against The Undertaker, and uh, he got slam through the table, and that's really, I mean, kind of when he was feuding against uh, The Big Show, um, but that was, you know, that was even before Taker. And so, yeah, it was very interesting to, to see that. I mean, kind of with Cena, but not really, not to this caliber. I mean, he was just beat down. So I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's still Rollins and the authority. It's still It's still him not really becoming his own. I still, of course he's not. And that makes Brock Lesnar look like a punk going into a battleground, but not really for the fact that he's Brock Lesnar. And Rollins, again, had to use the authority to make him look tougher and better and we're all friends again. It's not, it's kind of, the worst thing is it made Brock Lesnar look bad. And it was his Jimmy John shirt on, his trademark. You just can't. He could do a lot. I mean, he totally just bowed down and let them beat him down. And it did not look right. didn't look uh, fresh or real. Because Brock Lesnar could totally just decimate anybody in that ring at that point. And right. it was the choke slingers from Kane. It just looked so, give me my money and let me go home. Yeah. Exactly. Pretty much what they presented, and I'm, it doesn't believe it's not believable. I mean, he's probably going to win the title back at Battleground if not, of course, Kane or 
J.J. Securi is going to have something to do with it. Uh, I yeah. pretty much what I got from that segment. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All righty. NWA National Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it lasted for six years. Um but, I mean, just the name, though. I mean, like, you know, I suppose it's akin to the, well, I suppose the U.S. championship is akin to the Intercontinental Championship as far as prestige and status is concerned. But just just that name just sounds so important, the NWA National Heavyweight Champion. And Orndorff had it a few times, um, people like Tommy Rich, he had it for a couple times. Tommy Rich was actually NWA World Heavyweight Champion too. It's still that's one of those NWA World Heavyweight Championship reigns that you're like, eh? And we'll talk about that too. Just head scratching NWA World Title reigns, you know, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. But uh, Ted DiBiase was a uh, World Champion, but Blake Landell, uh, he had it. Uh, for he he had it for a little bit, but the thing is, he beat Terry Taylor in 1985 uh, at Starcade. That was one of his biggest moments of his career, uh, winning the championship at Starcade. So it was a really good inter- it, it, it was a really good uh, title at the time in the early to mid 80s in the NWA, and because the NWA was such a huge territory. You know, it was good to have a title like this to to really kind of mark your prestige. And speaking of Dusty Rhodes, uh, Dusty Rhodes had it for about three months, and so yeah, he he was him and you know if it wasn't for the if it wasn't the TV title it was the national heavyweight title. Him and Blanchard were feuding over that too. So you know the, the memories that we have of the NW and, and then it was re, and then it came back in, in the nineties uh, as well. And I believe it's uh, it's still it's still lasting actually, um, but yeah, just the the '80s memories of it was absolutely absolutely amazing. And I, and I remember watching NWA back in the day, and people like Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard holding it, uh, and it was it was great to see. It was great to see, and I remember Paul Orndorff had it a lot, and uh, that was before he was with the WWE, and that's pretty much where I first remember reading his name or hearing about his name. Uh, Dusty Rhodes had it, Buddy Landell, Terry Tyler. Eh. But again, you know, Larry Zabisco actually had it back in 83. And yep. it, it was the title. It was great. But again, it was just one of those filler titles that, you know, you've got it now, but what does it mean for you later? For some people, it did all right. But others, it was like you're already established wrestler, like Dusty Rhodes. What did that do for him? Probably not too much cause he's already been at the top of the mountain. Paul Orndorff had a lot to prove. He was at the WWE. Didn't really do much with the WWE back in the day. I mean, he was the main eventer, but title-wise, not so much. So, it was a great title for him. We'll talk about that uh, in the coming weeks, too, just as far as uh, wrestlers who hit a glass ceiling in their main event run, and we'll definitely talk about Paul Orndorff, or Paul Orndorff as well. He had a chance to 
um, to to get to, to become champ. Now, where on the network should I start when it comes to a great great question? Where on the network should I start when it comes to the great old school wrestling? I want to start on the network and work my way to the older stuff on YouTube. I would start with the Madison Square Garden uh, shows that they have on the network for the WWE. Um, definitely Saturday Night's main event. Um, back in the mid-80s and uh, late-80s, Saturday Night's Main Event is a really good place to start as well. Um, and, of course, uh, yeah, that's that's probably, as far as old-school wrestling, that's uh, really good. Because, of course, you have the WrestleManias and the big pay-per-views, but when you when you, when you want to get to old-school wrestling, um, that's, that's really a good way to start, uh, Saturday Night's Main Event. Um, good stuff. Great question. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, last question is, I don't know who's keeping score. I've seen it a couple times. Uh, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker is the correct answer as far as uh, Bill Goldberg is concerned. And who is the husband of former WWE Women's Champion, Jab? Who is the uh, husband of former WWE Women's Champion, Jazz? And that is a great segue to say that he... The answer would be here, July the 7th. So mark your calendars. We also got a, a, a uh, another announcement for July the 14th, another interview coming. Uh, we'll announce that next week. But the answer to that question uh, is the next guest on the Pancake Power Slam show, Rodney Mack, is the correct answer. And Rodney Mack will be here. On July the 7th, so it's going to be really awesome, so I'm really excited about that. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it is an absolute pleasure to, you know what's so funny? I, I, I was I took a little bit of a nap, because I, I double up on, on, on my workouts on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is a couple summer goals that I want to achieve. I work out about five days a week, and I double up on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the summer, uh, for this summer, and... I hate messing workouts, and I had to rest, you know, for the show. I had to take a little bit nap after work, but um, I have to say, I feel better. You know, I feel better with this show, and that's and that's what that's what the Pancakes and Power Slam show does to you. It's a healing bomb, so thank God for that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next week we will be here live in Living Color. Enjoy your week. God bless. Daddy loves Ian and Elijah. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs>